You're listening to The Whole Truth, a Resources Rising Stars podcast. There's an Australian invasion underway in the Canadian outback, and in this episode of The Whole Truth podcast, we talk to one of the men immersed in the charge. I'm Paul Armstrong, and I've just spoken with Gerard O'Donovan. He's the chief executive of Battery Age Minerals. They just had some great results from their drilling program for lithium in a place called Falcon Lake. And the company's pretty excited. He's pretty excited. In fact, he's not the easiest person to understand at the best of times. You'll notice he does have a bit of a funny accent. But he manages to cut through the twisted tongue and tell us why he's so excited about the results they've got, where they're going to, and what the future could hold for investors in battery age minerals. It was a great chat, even if it was a little bit hard on the ears at times. Don't hold that against him. He's a great man. He used to work for Pilbara Minerals. He knows the game. He knows the lithium business. He's a man on a mission. I think you'll enjoy the chat. Jared, you look like the cat that just got the canary. Why are you looking so chuffed? Yeah, thanks, Paul. Um, well, it's been a pretty whirlwind uh, time for us since we commenced drilling, and we just recently put an announcement out about our, our first few holes, which um, look really encouraging. Um, we, we can see we've got spodrine mineralization, and we're, we're pretty excited to send that to the lab and, and see what comes back with respect to the, the grid of those intercepts. Now, this is all taking place at the project called Falcon Lake, isn't it? Why do you like Falcon Lake? Why did you go and spend money drilling holes there in the first place? Yeah, look, um, a lot of people have sort of asked me that question before. Why did I leave Western Australia and, and go and, and start working on a project in northwest Ontario? Um, you know, the region, I've been looking at it for a long time. I really, really like Canada. I think I think the microeconomy that's being generated with respect to the EV industry in North America is huge. And when the opportunity came up to, to work on a Canadian project, and, and specifically a Canadian project that had historical intercepts and historical mineralization, I was, I was really drawn to it. So um, I did my DD, I'm not going to lie. Um, after spending a lot of time at Pilbara, I was pretty keen to put my name to something that was real and something that had, um, had, had merit. And yeah, um, looked at the historical works, ticked a lot of boxes, the jurisdiction ticked a lot of boxes, and, and I'm there now, and that's what we're doing. Now, you mentioned you spent some time at Pilbara Minerals, Jared. You don't sound like a bloke who grew up in the outback in the Pilbara. How did you come to be at Pilbara, and what did you do at Pilbara? Yeah, no, that's, um, that's a pretty valid point, Paul. Um, an Irish guy who lands in Australia in 2011 was given an ultimatum by his wife. I'm going travelling, you can come with me or leave behind. Sounds a bit like a joke, isn't it? But yeah. You, did, you didn't walk into the bar, you walked into the Pilbara. No, I, I, I backed my wife and I came and, and it's been a oh, an amazing journey for, for me particularly. Um, you know, um, what led me to Pilbara ultimately was I, I worked at Atlas for a period of time and I met some really, really good people there. And, and the vast majority of them are, are dabbling in the Canadian lithium market now. But obviously Ken Brinston, who's a, a legend in the lithium market, um, was at Pilbara. And I was lucky enough to get in there in 2016 uh, and learn learn my, my lithium apprenticeship, my trade there. And, and, and ultimately it's equipped me really, really well to, to move forward and, and, and target this lithium project in Canada. So how did you go from Pilbara to Battery Age? Um, so... Pilbara, I, I actually did two stints at Pilbara. So originally I went in, um, we built a concentrator, uh, we commissioned it, and we ramped it up. And we went through a pretty hard period, right? So to, uh, a lot of people look at lithium now and they think it's uh, you know, all rosy. But back in 2018, it was, was pretty damn tough. Um, 
you know, Ken was out there trying to sell shipments for, you know, three, four hundred bucks a ton. We're not talking the five thousand, four thousand US that we get now. Yeah, there was a phase there where you could barely give it away, wasn't it? Exactly. Exactly. We were turning the plant on and off. It was like you'd get a phone call from Dale Henderson and he'd say, We're on. We've got a shipment. And we'd say, When? And he's like, Next month. And it'd be, Oh, let's go. Um so I went away for a bit and then I came back when when you know, Pilbara acquired Altura, which, from my personal opinion, is one of the deals of the century, right? Um, went back, got that up and running, and came to a bit of a crossroads in my career, Paul, where I was going to be probably working at Pilbara for a considerable period of time, um, and had a chat with Dale and Ken, and, you know, it, it got to the point where I thought, all right, let's 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 go do this, and let's let's try and plow my own, my own field, so to speak, and yeah, uh, Battery Edge came across my desk and I went, yeah, this is it. This is what I want to do. So here I am. So what was it about Fa- Falcon Lake that said to you, hey, this thing's got the, the potential to be another Pilbara? There was a number of factors, right? So um, location number one, um, it's in northwest Ontario. It's in a, a really good greenstone belt, the Caribou, Caribou O'Sullivan greenstone belt. Um, has some really good historical work. But the location has a route to market. So we've got 24, 7, 365 days a year all around access via road. Um, we've got a, a, you know, a, a rail line that runs 10 kilometers south of the project. And we've got a proposed hydroelectric power station 10 k's away. So like tick, tick, tick. If, if, if the economics of this project could stack up, we've got a route to market. So number one, that was, that was a big thing for me. Um, I love Canada. A lot of the projects are, are going to be stranded assets. It's going to be a challenge to get them into, into production, specifically based on their geographical location. Um, but, you know, when you look at us compared to some current explorers, there's a lot of, um, and I use the terminology, moose pasture plays out there. Um, there's a lot of really big land holdings in far remote locations, and they're really searching for mineralization we've got it and we don't have it in one spot we have it in three spots so the fact that we have spodumene was a massive draw card for me and is a massive draw card for everyone right now everyone we talk to says wow you've actually got it in the ground already so it's our job now to go and prove it up and that's why we're drilling and we're drilling as fast as we can so how long are you going to drill for in this program and what sort of news flow could we expect yeah so it's um it's a it's a pretty straightforward program um, we, we've planned you know between four and five thousand meters which is going to be primarily focused in and around one of the known mineralized occurrences the reason we're focusing there is we need to understand the structural orientation of the potential ore body so that then will inform us in a way that we can continue on so to be completely honest with you Paul we don't want to stop so we're drilling now. We're, we're, we're obviously getting some good results, which we've released. Um, we're really encouraged about what's to come. Um, and, you know, if, if, if this all stacks up, there's no reason why we shouldn't continue drilling and we shouldn't move our focus towards the next stage. Um, but we have a bit of work to do to get there. And you'll, you'll cut your cloth to suit, as they say. I take it you, as you get the results in and you see what's there, you, you can be nimble, fleet of foot and and change your plan. Yeah, exactly. And and look, coupled with the initial drill program, we've also kicked off, um, are about to kick off our field exploration campaign. So, so we've a drill rig turning. We've got you know five drillers. We've got three geos, and we've got a few people logging. 
Um, but we're also going to get some people on the ground. And we've got some ground magnetic survey we need to complete. We've got a geochem transex that we've got planned. Um, you know, there's there's some really, really encouraging um, geography in the region. We've recently completed some LiDAR and ortho imagery. And there's a couple of areas that sit proud out of the ground, which are conducive to pegmatites, which we're really, really excited about. And, and we're really looking forward to people going and walking that. We'll do some clearing as part of our exploration works and you know, we're pretty confident we're going to have enough drill targets to keep that bit turning for a considerable period of time. Now, Falcon Lake's not your only interest there, is it? No, we also picked up um, a, another, we picked some more property in an area called Jesse Lake. Um, so that's south of the Forgan lithium fields, and it's close to the Georgia Lake lithium fields, which Rocktech um, have a resource. Um, so... Th- that's a bit more early stage, but look, it is a strategy of ours to diversify in Ontario um, with respect to land holding. Um, we we like the region. We really like the political support that is coming from a provincial level. So Doug Ford's government is um, it's very forward thinking. They've been actively trying to attract investment in the area. Um, we've seen that recently with Volkswagen, you know, committing to manufacturing their EV manufacturing plant there. Um, and we think the time is now for Ontario. Um, and, and for that reason, we want to grab as much as we can and give ourselves the best opportunity to explore the area. And from a macro perspective, being in Canada, you say you love Canada for the reasons you, you cited, but what about Canada's link to America's Inflation Reduction Act, the beautifully named IRA, and the like, which I'm sure has different connotations for you the most. It but, certainly does. But, but the IRA in, in, in America could be of huge value to you. Yeah, it, it is. It is. And that's what I talked about, like, first first comment when I when, when you asked me about the area is the, the, the micro market that is developing in North America. Now, I even think it'll go a step further with respect to Canada. So Canada has its own critical mineral strategy, which I don't know are people aware of, but they talk about the ecosystem of Canada. And, and that ecosystem is they essentially want to retain every single scrap of value they can within Canada. So, you know, this was always a bugbear for me and, and, and Nigel Broomer, our GM of exploration. In Australia, we, we, we traditionally, we, 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 mine, we mine the asset, we, we get the product to a certain point along the value chain, and then essentially we put it on a boat and we send it to China. So in the lithium space, that's SC6 or 5.5 or whatever we're doing. Canada is going to be different. They don't want to let you um, send anything over the border. Now, America will take some. There is no doubt about that. But, you know, I I think the value is going to be retained in Canada. Victor Fideli talks about building conversion plants in Thunder Bay. Thunder Bay is only three and a half hours from our our project. So, you know, they're all project enabling commitments. And and if they happen, um, it's going to explode. So what you're saying is the government there is putting a lot of emphasis on downstream processing of the lithium, and for a company like Battery Age, the question becomes, yes, at some point, if you're big enough, you can be a, be a processor, or you can simply be a provider of, of raw feedstock into another big production hub. Yeah, exactly. So uh, there's a lot of talk about Ontario as well, about the you know, hub-and-spoke model. So if there is conversion facilities built in central areas where multiple mines can feed into, as I I just used the term earlier, they're project enabling. So 
the scale of your asset may not need to be as large as, as say, other assets in more remote locations that need that scale to make the economics stack up. So if we can, if if we have an economical project, we can, you know, extract the the spod uh, and put it on the truck and three and a half hours later, it's at a, you know, a conversion facility after we process it or someone else converts it, then, you know, game on. And ultimately, this process product, the way Canada sees it, supplies the EV industry, the lithium battery industry, what, in in America? End to end. So end to end in Canada. So it will go from in the ground to in a battery or in an EV in Canada. That's what they are targeting. So they want to retain all that value internally to obviously lift the value of their 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 country. So they certainly don't see themselves as being the uh, the, the little brother to to the United States. In that sense, they're going to retain full control, vertically integrated. Yeah, they want to go it alone. Um, no, no. That said, there there will be some dependence, but um, you can see even even the US uh, a few weeks ago signed an agreement with the UK, right? So the UK now has the ability to feed into the states. So. I think the states realizes, you know, obviously uh, nationalization of assets in South America as well as making things even more difficult. People, people realize the value of, you know, the in-ground asset. It's, it's like Chris Ellison says, you know, if you own the rock, you're God. So we, we have some rock at the moment. The question is how much? Um, and, and I think the Canadian government and industry sees, sees that. Have you got any idea, Jared, how long it would take you to get to a resource at Falcon Lake? Um, so it's a good question, Paul, and, and, you know, our initial campaign is really about determining what we have in a specific area. Um, I would like to think if the numbers start to stack up, we will accelerate as hard as we can to try and determine what that resource would look like. That could possibly take 12 to 15 months is sort of a, a round number we're putting on it, um, maybe a little more, um, but that would be the target. Um, we're not here to hang around our strategy is is speed because we feel the gap in the market is here right now we have established producers and um, you know when you think about canada say on our the only producing um sc6 mine in in canada which is which is bizarre to think right with so many assets there so if we can uh, determine a resource and push forward into a development pathway as quickly as possible and find that gap in the market, um, that's that's the goal for us and that's what we're looking at. So you're an early stage explorer in many respects, but you're also an early stage player in a wider game within Canada. That means if you take it to the, to the nth degree, you have leverage and exposure to the growth on both fronts. Definitely, definitely. So... And that's harping back to the comment I made earlier about having mineralization. You know, every, everyone's over there and it, and everyone's over there for a, re- a reason because it's a fantastic jurisdiction. But the fact that we have it and that we know we can push towards defining the scale and what we actually have, we are an early entry player into that market. Now, you recently went to a conference over there. Now, I did see a photo kicking around on social media somewhere. It was a bit of a who's who of the, uh, the ASX lithium exploration game in Canada. Uh, what was the topic of conversation? Oh, well, the, the topic sort of varied as people consume more alcohol, but um, it, it, oh, look, it, it was heavily lithium focused. Um, you know, there was some serious players there um, from the Quebec area, as well as, you know, the States to, um, to, to Ontario. I suppose the resounding um, 
feeling coming away from the fast markets conference was um, how bullish people were about the lithium market. You know, it's been soft for a considerable period of time, but um, wow, the interest in investment was was off the charts. So um, that was a pretty um, enthusiastic dinner is the best way I could describe it. There was a lot of people sitting around the table who felt they were in a, r- a very, very good position. Um, and it's great, right? Because I've, I've been through the hard times. I've been through the struggles. I've seen, I've seen the battles. Um, and it's nice to be on the potential raw materials supplier side of the fence and, and have people coming to you saying, I want to know about your project. Did, you, did you detect any sign among the Canadians that they're sensing a, an Australian invasion? Oh, it's happened already, Paul, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, everyone's there. Um, and for good reason, right? And I think there was a bit of nervousness about it originally, but now it's it's changing. So, um, you know, you could rattle off names like Ken Brinsden, Chris Evans, uh, you know, Alex Cheeseman, Adam Ritchie, all these people. I could keep going. Um, but the fact of the matter is Australians know how to get things done, right? We've done it before. We know how to get in there and take a a potential deposit and bring it into development as quickly as we can. You know, I, I, you know, I continually go back to Pilbara, but look, that that's that's my bread and butter. You know, it was first drill hole to first con in just a little over three three years. You know, it was it was an amazing story, and there's been a lot of assets in Canada that have you know rolled over and you know gathered moss and kept going and kept going. But no, uh, the time is now to capitalize on the market, and that's why. The Aussies are being invited in. Yeah, some of your peers say that, uh, you know, the ASX peers say that the Canadians actually want and need the Australian capital and the knowledge and the know-how that they don't, while they've got some great prospects, to say the least, they don't really have all the other ingredients to maximise the opportunity and they recognise that. Yeah, you're spot on. So, so there's a reason why the vast majority of companies are listed on the ASX because the access to capital is there and... Uh, Canadian, or sorry, an Australian investor's appetite to get into, you know, a more an early stage project like us is far more than, say, a, a Canadian-based company. So um, that, that's why we're on the ASX. That's why the appetite is there. And, and, and the knowledge and the understanding of the lithium game has been developed here over a number of years through multiple companies. So your investor knows what he's looking at. They're educated in the lithium space. So so that's why it's it's really good to be listed here, and 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 it's giving us uh, super support. So, if your initial observations of the drilling are correct, uh, it sounds like you're onto a winner, and you're in a place, the right place to be onto a winner. Um, more news flow to come from the drilling, I assume, over the next few weeks. Yeah, um, look, it's a four to five thousand meter program. Um, we're we're only a number of holes into a multi hole program. Um, and we're really excited about what's to come. Um, news flow is, is stacked up and, and will come out as, as it's uh, available to us. And also the, the, the field exploration program, I can't, I can't emphasize enough how excited we are about that. Um, there's only a portion of the property has been looked at. It's barely been touched. Um, and and, and that's, that's conducive with a lot of Canadian assets, you know, they drilled a little bit and they found some 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 good stuff and then they moved on. Whereas we have a systematic program that's being deployed across the whole asset, which is going to unlock what we think is hopefully significant value. So, yeah, there's a lot to come, Paul. Um, 
really excited. The interest is overwhelming. The phone calls we're getting from multiple different groups to, to inquire about the project is great. So it's it's a, it's a good space to be in. Um, we have a lot of work to do. Don't get me wrong. We're not, we're not resting on our laurels. We're an early exploration company that needs to go and explore. We're going to spend money. That's our job. Um, and ultimately, uh, determine and, and, and deliver as much value as we can for our shareholders. Well, well done, on, well done on what sounds like a fantastic start to the drilling. It does sound like you're onto something there. How big it is, well, only time will tell, but we will watch the space and see how it goes. Jared, thanks very much for your time. Cheers, Paul. It was uh, great to have a chat. Thank you. You've been listening to The Whole Truth, a Resources Rising Stars podcast produced by Resource Media. Hosted by Paul Armstrong for Reed Corporate. Please note that Reed Corporate does not provide investment advice and investors should seek personalised advice before making any investment decisions.